The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How, how am I now? How am I now? I'm glad I asked because I'm doing pretty damn terrific. Your Montreal Canadiens defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2 in overtime again to force a Game 7 and keep this series alive. Wow. I mean... Not only did they pull off another overtime win, but they did it again in a game where they blew a lead. Two straight games where they get a lead, they blow it, they get to overtime, and somehow manage to flip the script and win the game anyways. Insane. Settle down, Gizmo. That's, that's my cat, Gizmo. She's, she's as excited as I am right now. Welcome to episode six of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast. Presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize, my name is Matt Drake, and I am absolutely thrilled right now, because with the way this season went, there was reasonable doubt that they would potentially not even make the playoffs. Never mind the fact that they would go in against easily what everybody considers to be the top team in the North Division in the Toronto Maple Leafs and force a Game 7, the most exciting thing that the NHL has to offer. And they're in it. They're there. And they got there despite going down 3-1 in the series. I mean, you, you can't possibly script this better. This feels like a little bit of 2010 and a little bit of 1993 put together. This is just unbelievable. This is far better than I possibly could have asked for. It's far better than I possibly imagined I'd be sitting here watching, given how the first four games of the series went, and really, given how this game went. Let's let's recap it real quick, because I went into this game with much higher energy levels than I had in Game 5, right? Now, now that they pulled off Game 5, I'm, I'm feeling like maybe they can pull this off, right? I'm getting excited. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And... They go out there, and for the first two periods, nobody scores. Nobody scores, right? There was plenty of opportunities. Carey Price was playing well. Jack Campbell was playing amazing. Jack Campbell really stepped up in those first two periods because the Habs actually controlled the balance of play pretty handily throughout two periods. Super surprisingly in the second period because they've been so terrible with the long change in this series I was expecting, like, when they got out of the first period 0-0, when they went into the second period, I'm like, this is a problem, and there, my energy levels start, start to come back down. I'm concerned at this point. I'm just sitting there nail-biting, thinking something bad's going to happen in this period, and nothing did. Carey Price played well, Jack Campbell played well, and other than that, not a whole lot happened. I mean, it was just two periods of, you know, good goaltending 
zero zero after two which after two once we got through that period that the Habs have been so bad at at that point it was like okay if they can get the first one if they can just be the first team to score in the third period they can take this game and just about five minutes into the third period the Habs get a power play William Nylander gets called for goaltender interference for skating directly into Carey Price. I was surprised that the refs called that because they were letting a lot of things go, particularly on the Toronto side, but the Habs haven't exactly been able to do anything with their power plays. So there's not a whole lot of reasonable expectation that they're going to be able to do anything with this unexpected call. But Corey Perry, who put his stick in the garbage can before Game 5 and... Uh, to signify that he needed a greasy one, he gets himself a greasy, greasy power play goal. Just waiting at the side of the net, there's a mad scramble. Jack Campbell slides way out of his crease. Uh, puck ends up bouncing around. Everybody's trying to get it. It comes to Corey Perry at the, uh, you know, basically in the slot, and he puts it into a wide open net. One nothing Habs. But hang on. The Toronto Maple Leafs decide to challenge. And I was absolutely furious that somehow the Leafs got like, uh, I want to say at least two minutes to sit there and review it before they decided to challenge. I don't know why the refs gave them that long to sit there and look at it, but I'm glad they did. Because when I was looking at the replays myself, I was like, there's no way you can possibly overturn that goal. Campbell slides way out of his crease well before the goal. Uh, The contact with him is minimal and doesn't really prevent him from getting back. He didn't even really look like he was trying to get back because he looked more like he was trying to figure out where the puck was. It was a bad challenge, a brutal challenge. I put it up there not quite worse than Dominique Duchamp's uh, challenge in Game 2, but a very bad one because you had to know that you weren't going to get that one. That you like, you're not getting that goal overturned. You're gonna put your team down again. You just gave up power play goal, and now you're gonna put yourself down again for another two minutes. And maybe Sheldon Keefe just doesn't really respect the Habs power play. And even after that goal, he didn't have a whole lot of reason to respect their power play. But he also could not have predicted what was about to happen. Uh, he goes down another man, so William Nylander goes back into the box to serve the delay of game for the failed challenge, and they get another delay of game penalty because Mitch Marner, for no apparent reason, just flips it over the glass. He had time, flips it over the glass, now we got a five on three, and Tyler Toffoli gets it at the side of the net, puts it through Jack Campbell, bam, it's 2 nothing. We're already basically going, okay... We're going to have a Game 7. There's going to be a Game 7. We're up 2-0, and we're almost halfway through the second period. This is almost, this is pretty much over, right? Hard no, because Jason Spezza scores not too long afterwards on a shot that probably gets stopped by Carey Price if Jeff Petrie doesn't get his stick in there and knock it up a little bit higher than Price was expecting it to go. And then with just under five minutes left to play... TJ Brody puts one in, probably the only shot that Carey Price wishes he had back on the night. It's 2-2, we're back to square one, and the Leafs have all of the momentum. 
every single bit of momentum is on their side. It feels like the Habs are about to blow the first game that they've had in a very long time with fans in the building. But they get it to overtime, and the unfortunate thing about overtime is that it is played with the long change, which the Habs, as mentioned, have had some trouble with. And it, for the first little bit, doesn't go very well. It seems like the Leafs kind of have control. They're getting chances. And guess who's making saves? Carey Price. He's keeping the Habs in it. He's, uh, if it comes anywhere near him and he gets a chance, he's freezing it. He's making sure that they get every opportunity. He's not allowing anything easy. All they needed was for the Leafs to make a mistake. And about 15 minutes into that overtime period, they did. Travis Dermott coughs it up to Paul Byron. Paul Byron throws it into the middle. Jesperi Kokanyemi walks into the high slot, fires a shot. It banks off Zach Bogosian and beats Jack Campbell. The Habs win. We will have a game seven. Holy shit, what a game. They once again get a game winner out of one of their young stars in Jesperi Kokanyemi. And I honestly, I, I can't say enough about this team's ability to get it done in the clutch I am admittedly quite concerned about the fact that they seem to have a propensity for blowing leads that's two consecutive games where they've blown multi-goal leads against the Toronto Maple Leafs and it's definitely worth mentioning that that is problematic but at the same time the the fact that they're able to get it done in the clutch it gives you those shades of 1993. And, you know, I, I don't know if this team is going to be able to win 10 consecutive uh, overtime games like they did in 1993. I'm, not sure, I'm definitely not sure if my heart can handle 10 overtime games in these playoffs. But, uh, you know, they seem very up for it. They seem very ready for it. They seem uh, very capable of getting it done in the clutch. So... Who knows? I mean, I said after last game that I, I'll be here as long as this team allows me to be here, as long as they keep winning games and figuring out ways to extend this series, extend their life in these playoffs. I'm going to be here. I'm going to keep recording these episodes. I'm going to keep trying to have some fun with it because, let's be honest, nobody expected this team to go this far. I hoped that they could, but after game four, it... It felt like uh, I was ready to give up. I was ready to give up. And again, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And now I can't wait for Game 7. Now I can't wait. It's been a while since we got to see that meaningful of a game out of the Montreal Canadiens. And the fact that we get to see them do it while they appear to be getting better and better with every game in this series, it's fantastic it's you know it's 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 what you become a hockey fan for it's what you stay a hockey fan for it's what keeps you with the Montreal Canadiens through years and years and years of turmoil is things like this right and we've got our goaltender playing the some of the best hockey that he's played in a Montreal Canadiens uniform for my money, Carey Price was the Habs player of the game last night. Um, I would be tempted to give it to Jesperi Kakanyemi for scoring the overtime 
game-winning goal. But if you look at Price, uh, the way he played last night, the way he's played in this entire series has been fantastic. But last night in particular, because the game started out with the Habs kind of dominating. And Jack Campbell was playing phenomenally. Phenomenally. He was absolutely stonewalling the Canadians. They couldn't get anything through him. And it was Price who had to step his game up to match what Campbell was bringing at the other end. And if he doesn't do that, the the Habs could have been in trouble because they were really struggling to score. If Price doesn't step his game up, he doesn't give them the opportunity to wait for those, uh, those power plays in the third period to break through, get the lead. Ultimately, they lost the lead through no fault of Price. But if he doesn't play the way that he played, it's entirely possible that the Leafs, with their high-powered offense, end up taking over that game. So the the Habs probably need to hope for more of that from Carey Price in Game 7. Ideally, they could get some more goals out of their power play in Game 7. That would be fantastic uh, because... The fact that they finally broke through in Game 6 suggests that, you know, maybe they can gain a little bit of confidence and maybe if they get any opportunities from the officials in Game 7, they could actually benefit from them like they didn't in any of the other games in this series. But, you know, they they have a chance. They have a better chance than anybody gave them going into this series. A lot of that has to do with price. But a lot of that also has to do with how much perseverance this team has, with how much, uh, you know, never say die attitude this team has. They have a chance. They're there. And like I said last episode, they get to live in the now. And right now, they have a chance. So all we can hope from Game 7 is that they show up ready to play. We can hope that they play the entire game the way that they played the first 40 minutes of that game because unlike the first few games in the series where they were they would have 20 good minutes in them they had 40 really good minutes in them in game six the Leafs didn't really start to implement their own game plan until the third period and really in the third period they didn't actually start you know taking control of the game until after the Habs put two goals up so you could technically say the Habs played 55-0 good minutes uh, in Game 6. But realistically, what they have to hope for is to take that first 40 minutes and somehow push that into 60, which I'm confident that they might actually be able to do that because for the first part of the series, it was just, you know, 20 minutes per game was about the most that they had, right? Now, it, what they did 40 in Game 6. Oh, so you're telling me they can all of a sudden play their best hockey for double the amount of time that they were able to play it for the first four games of the series. That's good news. That's fantastic news. If they can somehow extrapolate that first 40 minutes into 60 minutes, they're in great shape. They could pull this off. And I'm excited. I'm here for it. I will end this episode on that note. Uh, as we are already over 15 minutes. So, vraiment, une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien à soir. Thank you for listening. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a line if you have any suggestions, complaints, 
or if you just want to let me know how excited you are for Game 7. And I honestly was not 100% sure I'd get to say this again, but I do. À la prochaine.